for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis and welcome to the show. I'm continuing my kids yoga perspective series with Sage Caprice Abwit, who just so happened to be the doula for the birth of my first daughter. So I am very excited to talk to her today. Um, but first, a little bit of her background. Sage Caprice Abwit is a certified yoga instructor birth doula, and childbirth educator who specializes in providing training that is adaptive, creative, and joyful. A classically trained dancer, Caprice committed to a yoga practice after sustaining a severe back injury in college. After teaching yoga for more than a decade, she now specializes in prenatal and postnatal yoga and yoga for children. She is a certified doula and childbirth educator and provides education and support to expecting students and their families. Caprice has designed children's yoga programs for a variety of diverse organizations and leads children's yoga teacher trainings in New York City and abroad. Additionally, she is a senior teacher and co-leads teacher trainings at the Prenatal Yoga Center and is a founding instructor for Birth Smarter. She lives in Brooklyn. There's a siren right now <laughs> with her husband and her son. Caprice, welcome to the show. Thank you so, so much I for mean, having we've me. talked about this a while. I thought it was hard to schedule this before the pandemic, and then the pandemic happened. So oh I'm just proud of us for being here. Um, and I, I, I did want to say from the get-go, yeah. we've both got babies sleeping who might wake up crying. We've got cats meowing. We've got dogs breathing deeply. So <laughs> just throwing that out there for everyone. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm so excited you're here. And I guess I just wanted to start from the beginning. So how did you find children's yoga? What led you there? So... Honestly, I think it was actually a very similar path, um, probably to you, uh, in that I um, was also a dancer, and I I was teaching children's movement, um, and then I really had my own deep dive into yoga um, and a lot of my own kind of epiphanies and, um, you know, finding all of the the amazing things that that yoga brought to my life that um, that I didn't find elsewhere in movement, um, and so it was right after it was just at the end of college or right after college that um, I started offering um, children's yoga in part just sort of combining what I knew um, you know from my own yoga teacher training but also from my dance background um, and my, like, dance pedagogy background. Um, because there wasn't really, at the time, any, there there wasn't really any kids' yoga teacher training curriculum, at least, 
in, in the area where I was, um, which was Seattle. Um, and so I sort of like created my own kind of curriculum, um, and brought my own background to it. Um, and, and started teaching, uh, I think that was 12 years ago. And was it, did you teach kids yoga first and then start teaching prenatal and postnatal yoga? Yeah. And so that, I think that's so unique that you teach both because usually if someone teaches kids yoga, kind of that's their thing, or if it's prenatal, that's their thing, but Mm -hmm. you teach both and you're very talented at both. So I was kind of curious if, does kids yoga provide the same, like, do you have the same passion for that that you have for prenatal or do they kind of fulfill different parts of you? Well, that's a really excellent question. Um, you know, I find myself equally passionate about both. Um, and yeah, I do think they, they, uh, they hit different parts of me. Um, I, I think I show up for them in the same way, but they're really, they're really different animals. <laughs> um, yeah, like teaching to, to children and children of all ages. And I mean, there's certainly parallels and there are things that I draw from in, in teaching both. Um, but, but they're very, very different. Um, and yeah, yeah, I would say they, they sort of hit two sides of the same coin maybe. And what does kids yoga for you, like, what are you most passionate about in kids yoga? What's your favorite part of it? Oh man, what's not my favorite part (laughs) of kids yoga? Um, I don't know. I think watching children's growth being aha moments for them I don't know. Now that you're asking that question, I'm like, maybe it is the same. Cause like, I, those are the things I really love about, you know, I love watching the light bulb turn on for kids where they like really get something for the first time or, you know, they've put their own spin on something um, in, in a way that you're just like, oh, I'd never thought about it like that. Like I always think of this, this young woman that I taught, she was maybe Seven at the time, and I was trying to get her to do something with breath. I, maybe we were talking about, you know, the way our body should be seated if we're trying to take a deep breath. And when I, you know, I asked her, if you sit up tall, does that feel different when you take a deep breath? And she said, yeah, like if you're a straw, if you're all scrunched up, you can't get the milkshake through it. And I just was like, <laughs> okay, right? Like a, there's just this, like, distillation that happens with children. And, again, children of all ages. Um, but this distillation that I, I think it's so much muddier for adults. Um, and that, that I think, one of my all-time favorite things about teaching children's yoga. Yeah, that's so well put. It is, it's muddier. We don't see it as clearly. And mm-hmm. when you're teaching children, like, that's brilliant. I love that metaphor of the, the breathing, right. like it's like a straw and they say these things and you're like, wow. Yeah. Um, so you recently became a mom. How old is, mm-hmm. is Milo now? Did he turn one almost, yet? He's almost a year. We're like okay. two, like a little over two weeks away from his birthday. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So you're almost a year in. Um, I was curious if you have found your teaching 
change at all since becoming a mom or if you see things differently or if it pretty much just feels the same? To me, it feels the same. I have had um, other teachers comment to me that they they think that my teaching has become um, like better or more grounded or, uh, I don't know, more open in some ways after having Milo. To me, it doesn't feel any different. Um, but yeah, in the same way, I think the, the question was asked a lot with prenatal too, like, oh, after having your own birth, did that really change the way? And I was like, no, I, I'm right. still teaching. And to me, it feels like I'm teaching the same way I was before. I think, you know, maybe I understand the, the parent's perspective um, in a way that I, I couldn't have um, before. And I think understanding the parent's perspective as a, a kid yoga teacher is also really important. And that wasn't necessarily a, um, a link I had, I had really like clipped on to yet. That you, you are one of so many people that have said that all <laughs> the people that have been on the podcast. And I feel the same have said that it's kind of like, Oh no, my teaching's the same, but Oh, maybe I see the parents differently. Yeah. And like you said, you couldn't have seen that perspective until you become a, a parent. Um, but yeah, I found that too. There's just a widening of of seeing like, okay, wow, I understand a little bit of what is happening on the other side. Um, so dealing with parents and it makes me think of like age groups. And I know you teach the whole range. Is there a favorite age group that you teach? Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they all have their thing. Yeah, they all have their thing. Um, I have been by far the most time with preschool. Um, you know, I've taught all age groups for a very long time, but preschool has been my most constant. Um, so threes and fours into five, but, um, primarily that, that little spot. And so I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite because, you know, teaching teens, um, is also like so life-giving and so life-affirming and it does tell me repeatedly how uncool I am now, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's just a total flip side to teaching the, the little, um, so yeah, I don't know. I couldn't, it's like asking who your favorite, like I couldn't ask you which one of your kids is your favorite. Right, you know favorite right, kid, right? right. exactly. There's <laughs> different parts of each age group that fulfill you. And so, yeah, totally. the, the teens, um, that age group and the kind of tween age. So when they're like 11, 12, 13 and up, um, we haven't talked too much about that age on this podcast. So I was just curious if you had any, maybe like one or two little pointers for someone that maybe has never worked with that age group, um, something that they might want to keep in mind if they're going into a class full of tweens or teens. Yeah. Don't be afraid of them. Because I, I think that's what I see with a lot of um, kids yoga teachers is they're really afraid of teaching, um, of teaching teens. Like, you know, and it is, it, 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 it's a different thing to wrap your brain around and you really do have to approach it, I think, in a very different way. Like if I walked in and I taught them the same way I taught my preschoolers, I would lose them <laughs> very quickly. Um, but, you know, they're, 
they're they're full human beings, just like any of the children that you teach, and meeting them where they are, just like again you would with any kid you teach, um, I think is most important. And and you really have to like get into what they're into, like meet them where they are, figure out what they're they're locked into, and then start to bring in your subject matter, yoga, um, through one of those channels, um, you know, you want to identify like what, what's lighting them up rather than trying to like push or, or force something onto them. Yeah, totally. And that's like, that's yoga in itself, you know, and exactly. Um, and that's so true. I feel like if you want to be humble to just walk into a room and try to teach this age, just like, it's just so funny. Like yeah. they, they see right through you and you're like, yeah, you, you, you can't fake it with that age, which I, I love no. They kind of force My, you to like, yourself. Performing ticks, you know, that I've yes, had yeah. over the years where I'm like, Oh, I'll tell this funny little joke. Like it, it's so like the look that I get where everyone's just like, oh, oh no, like you're not nearly as cool as you think you are. Or I, I think it was two years ago, I went to high five a kid and she, she put the back of her hand up and I was like, oh, do we not high five anymore? And she goes, teachers do. And I thought, oh, burn. Like, what? okay, oh, no, we don't high five anymore. I didn't even know that. See, I'm very uncool I didn't know. <laughs> give it give it a couple of years give it a couple of years it's gonna come back it's gonna come back. it's gonna come back that's what I'm saying it's all cyclical we'll high five again someday that's so funny or maybe um, we're not after the pandemic I would, yeah now when you said again. that yeah you said that I'm like oh wait we don't touch each other anymore um oh, no. that's kind of the perfect segue for that because obviously right now we're in a global pandemic and everyone's life is just flipped inside out. And, and so I was wondering just specific to your kids yoga classes at this point, how have you kind of adapted to deal with this new world basically? Yeah. I mean, I, um, in the first couple of weeks didn't, I didn't do much, um, or anything at all in terms of my kids classes, because it was a lot for me to wrap my brain around. Um, in terms of like how to get this to them. Um, but I miss them. I miss them yeah. a lot. And so I, um, I transitioned, uh, my preschool age class to Instagram, um, which just seemed like the easiest way to, to get it out there without having to, you know, um, get everyone there at the same time so they can, you know, watch it within 24 hours. Um, and it can be flexible for, uh, my little pals who are still in the city and for, you know, my buds who are not necessarily in the city, but, um, have, have left or, um, were somewhere else entirely. Um, and it, it also felt like the most accessible. So that's, yeah. that's where I've taken things. So for when you're doing Instagram class, so you're, you can do that live, right? So some people could be there live, mm-hmm. but you don't yeah. see them, right? This isn't like Zoom where you could right. see, so I don't right? See them, which is but a you bummer. can see that they're yeah. there. You could see like the names or 
Yeah, well, and, you know, obviously they're on like a, a parent's account. So right, right. Usually I have people tell me, you know, who like their kid's name and how old they are. Um, and then I often, um, you know, I, I still try and make it as interactive as I can. So I ask for suggestions throughout the class um, and they can leave those in the comments, um, which is, I think, a pretty fun way to, to be able to do it. Although I have heard that um, people who are doing it later, um, it's a little hard to understand that I can't hear them. Oh, right. Especially at that, that young age, right? Mm-hmm. That like breeze age group where I'm saying, you know, tell me your favorite zoo animal. Um, and it's like not quite computing yet, but I think it's still working. Yeah, no, that's great that you, and, and I did see that on your Instagram and then I see you post about it and then it's there for 24 hours. Um, and then how are you kind of handling, I think a lot of kids yoga teachers are like, what do I do about payment and income at this time? Like, do I charge? Do I do donation based? Like, what have you done on that end of things? I chose to do um, pay what you can um, so that it it offers the option um, for folks who who can pay a suggested price. Um, and so for a thirty minute class, I suggested a, a ten dollar um, fee. And then you know for folks that that's not available to them right now, for families that are facing hardship, then you know um, it, it's pay what you can. Um, and you know the first. Uh, week, I had a fairly good response, and so I decided that um, for ongoing classes, I'm going to choose a different organization each week um, and donate half um, of what we, we get in. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something that I think works then for everybody. It's sort of a, a win-win-win. Right. Absolutely. Um, now that we're kind of in this the state of our world and we're home and we're quarantined right now. Um, You've got an almost one-year-old at home and your husband's home. And um, I've been asking people, how, how are you taking care of yourself in these extreme circumstances? Like I know self-care is talked about a lot. Is there self-care? And and if there is, what kinds of things are you doing for yourself right now? Yeah. I mean, I think self-care looks really different for everyone, and I think we've also, like, commodified it, yeah. right? And this is an opportunity, I think, to, to really think about what self-care actually means. It's not, like, going to get a pedicure or a massage, which, like, I would pay a million dollars right now <laughs> for a pedicure or massage. Like, amazing, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's not, like, discount those things. Right. But um, I, I think... Finding the spaces for myself and also not feeling guilty when something's not getting, um, like done immediately. So today during, um, Milo's, Milo still takes two naps. Um, and during his second nap, I like sat down and I watched a TV show and I didn't feel bad about it. <laughs> Yeah. You know, because yeah. I was like, if I, I've spent my day parenting, I've spent my day teaching, um, and I have a really client-facing job, so I'm performing, um, basically, at all the times that I'm I'm working, um, you know, which doesn't count the the like admin side of what we do, 
you know, you know this, that there's like, there's the performance side of it. And then there's the like boring emails and scheduling and, and yeah. all of that stuff. Um, but I'm just trying to like take the moment to do nothing and to turn my brain off and to not have to like be on um, and and not feeling guilty about those moments. Those are like my moments of self-care. And then baking. Because baking is always self-care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same. Like if I'm in a, depends what mental state I'm in, but cooking and baking could be really therapeutic. Um, and I love what you said about not feeling guilty because I've been noticing that voice. It's so clear now that we're, we've just been in this kind of monotonous world and it's like, oh, there's that voice again telling me I should be doing something. It's like, what am I, what should I be doing? Like we can't do a lot of things right now. And yeah, I do, I do hope this kind of is a, a reboot for all of us, you know, after all is said and done. Yeah. A reframe. Yes. Just see what's really important. Like you said, even like with self-care, how do you, how do we really take care of ourselves now in terms of your, your kids yoga teaching when we're not in a pandemic? Mm -hmm. Um, and that includes, I know you, you wrote your own teacher training, right? I did. So that's a massive undertaking and that's huge. So I did want to touch on that. Um, so can you just tell me about that? How, how did that happen and how did, you know, the work that went into it and how you kind of went about creating your own training? Yeah. Um, so at the time, and now I don't even remember when this was, it was maybe five years ago, um, uh, Sacred Sound Yoga, which um, no longer exists, it exists in our hearts, but um, uh, has, has changed, uh, the studio itself has changed ownership and, um, is no longer Sacred Sound, but, um, Sacred Sound Yoga in the Village, uh, was starting their 300-hour, uh, teacher training program, and I, um, was a big part of the community there for, um, uh, from the inception, and so Stephanie, who was the owner, um, asked me to step in and, and create a module um, and the module would be a, a full kids yoga or a, I guess a, a mini kids yoga teacher training. Um, and it would be part of their larger 300 hour program. And so that was my introduction to it was just creating like a very short weekend training. Um, and then I got to extrapolate on it the next year and double it and create, you know, a two weekend long training. Um, and very shortly after that, I was approached by um, a, a, a yoga school um, to take the training expanded into a, a 95 hour um, and bring it um, to Greece. So it sort of had a lot of iterations. Um, the way I've, I've kept teaching it in New York is more like a two long weekend training. Um, but yeah, it, it sort of had like a small little seed and then it, it has grown into something, um, a little bigger. And then it's, it's actually, I've had it on pause, um, since my maternity leave. Um, so I, you know, when it comes back, I don't really know exactly where or how or what that's going to look like. 
Would you be open to doing an online training or do you feel like that wouldn't fit um, the training that you created? I don't know. I'd be hesitant for an online training. I think there's there's components of it that would work really well online. Um, but there's so many pieces of what I love teaching about kids yoga that's about um, creating community. And I'm still wrapping my brain around how to do that for children via screen. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Definitely. I, I think I'm navigating it okay with adults right now but for children i i'm not sure i've really seven weeks in figured out a way that feels authentic um and and like very genuine and that's something i've been thinking about is that so yes we're seven weeks in and although it feels like it's been forever it's been seven weeks since we've (laughs) you know started just changing our lives completely. Um, and I feel like everyone moves at their own pace and processes things differently. And while I think for some people it's authentic for them to like right away, you know, um, be able to transfer what they're doing online. I think for others it's, you might need some time. And I think just to be kind to ourselves and to know that just because you see one teacher doing things this way or that way, if it's not for you, that's okay. And, you know, it's just step by step. You've got to just. Yeah. And each format is not for every person. Right. You know, right. and I think that's a thing that we learn as teachers, right? That like we find the formats that, that work best for us. And it's okay if, if um, one aspect doesn't, doesn't feel right for you. Yes, Absolutely. So you've got your kids' class on Instagram now. Um, you've got your your prenatal classes are going right. You're teaching those mm-hmm. are those mm-hmm. on Zoom. So those are our live classes. Yep, those on Zoom. Yep. Just out of curiosity, with that, with teaching on Zoom, teaching live on a screen, do you find? I've heard a lot of people say they find it takes a lot more energy um, than being in person because you're not getting that kind of um, the, the energy from other people back towards you. How have you found that experience so far? Similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, in two ways in that you're not getting the feedback. So again, I tell my stupid joke and no one is laughing at my joke. And I'm like, is my joke? Oh no, my joke is a hundred percent really silly, but also, um, I can't hear them because they're on mute. Right. And then the other aspect is that I demo the entire class. Oh yeah. And I'm not used to doing that apart from when I teach children. Because kids yoga, you can't like that was very hard for me when I was pregnant. Um yes. there was a lot of stuff I just couldn't show. Um and thankfully I I gave birth right around this time last year. And so I had been teaching for almost the whole school year and kids were really aware of, you know, what I was asking for and they were really used to things without me showing it. But you know, when I'm teaching virtually, essentially, I'm, I am showing an entire class. <laughs> After 90 minutes, I'm like, oh, my God. Right. I'm really sore really right now. Although I feel much more balanced than when I teach in person. Because it's often, when you teach in person, you often show one side. Right. And then you don't really do the second side. So I, I feel more balanced in that way. I'm like, oh, my hips don't feel quite as bad. 
<laughs> right, right. But you're just physically exhausted because you're doing a 90-minute class. I wanted to ask you, I, I usually like to end with um, a little kid's yoga gem. So basically a little piece of advice you would offer to someone who's maybe just starting out teaching kids yoga, kind of what's your kids yoga gem? What's your little golden rule? I mean, my golden rule is it's it kind of the golden rule. Like I, um, I don't know who said it, uh, you know, whether it's sometimes attributed to Hillary Clinton, sometimes it's attributed to Glennon Doyle, but um, there is no such thing as other people's children, right? These mm-hmm. these kids are your kids um, in the same way that my child should be protected and cared for by, by others um, that aren't me. And so I think approaching your teaching, um, wanting the same things for your students, um, and for all children that you would want for your own child um, is is the best possible place to begin. That's so beautiful and so true. Right? Like, you know, they're all your your people and and we we care about the the equity and the justice and the safety and the love um, that that each one should be afforded. And I think just being in this time we are right now, I, I just find myself like so super emotional um, about everything. Um, and saying that, I do feel like we all are feeling that connection even more so right now. So where where can people find you if they want to get in touch, if they want to learn more about you? Um, they can find me at sagecaprice.com or um, on Instagram at sagecaprice. Um, yeah. Those are the two the two places, really. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad we were able to make this work and the babies stayed asleep. So I know. Everyone we did asleep. it. It's amazing. And now it's time for yes. us to go to sleep. And now we're going to sleep. Thanks yeah, exactly. For having me. <laughs> I will talk to you soon. Namaste. All right. Namaste. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would so appreciate your support. You can simply rate and review. You can subscribe. Click that subscribe button and you will hear a new podcast every Thursday right on your feed. You can also email me, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com and give me a follow on social media, the Kids Yoga Podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. All of these things really help support the podcast and get it out there so that I can continue to make more. And there are my children that need me. Namaste, everybody.